0: listen and understand that terminator is out there it can't be bargained with it can't be reasoned with it doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear and it absolutely will not stop
1: ever until you are
2: dead (laughs) hello and welcome to the big dumb movie podcast the podcast of a new generation I'm your host, Corey, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Alan, hello, and Steve. Yo, I like the idea of being affiliated with like a Pepsi campaign from the
3: 80s. No, shh. Oh, sorry. Hey. <laughs> All
2: right, now right off the top, we have to say, spoiler warning for Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. If you haven't seen Terminator Dark Fate, well, uh, good for you. I mean, you made the right decision. <laughs> you did. Don't buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I shouldn't sell it at the top like it's the worst movie I've ever seen no be. It it's not be the worse. worst movie I've ever seen. It's not even the worst movie of this year to me but uh, I mean it's it's the new Terminator 3 right that's the thing that's the thing I,
3: I wanna when we get to the end where we're really capping our review I want to retouch on the fact that that's how you opened not in a bad way. I just want to make note of it okay all right but yeah yeah this is t- this takes the place of all other sequels. This, this came to be really because uh, Genesis didn't do well. Genesis was supposed to be the start of another trilogy. And uh, when, it, when it underperformed, they ended up binning it. And the guy that runs Sundance, which is the, the – I think Sundance, some, something like that, that produced Genesis, um, decided to just, just cancel this planned sequels, go another direction. He approached, I guess, Tim Miller – about doing this, and they brought Cameron in because they thought that maybe having Cameron would mean an improved result over what they'd gotten with Genesis. And th- they came up, I think, collaborative- collaboratively with the idea that it be a sequel to three. But they didn't originally want Schwarzenegger to be in it, from what right. I understand.
2: Well, I mean, it can't be a sequel to three.
1: It has to be. A sequel I mean, I'm to sorry, two.
3: sequel to two. I I misspoke. Yeah, I, I just didn't. I that, didn't but... mean to say sequel to three. You're absolutely correct. Okay.
1: Yeah. So made me think I thought something wrong. I was like, wait,
3: did I get it wrong? No, no, no. You guys are right. It's a sequel to, to Till. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So
2: there's there's a lot of Terminator movies out there. And for those that are just your casual Terminator viewer, which is not us by any means. No. Especially Steve. Steve <laughs> is like the hardest of hardcore Terminator <laughs> I fans. I am. So there's the Terminator movie, the original one. Mm. Then there's Terminator 2. Mm. After that, that's where things kind of get weird. All <laughs> right. So the first movie that was considered to be terminator 3 was the terminator 2 3d ride at universal studios which was like a 3d movie slash ride as they do at universal
0: they'll go in thinking it's just some gimmick and they'll see that it's actually a continuation of the storyline it's almost like a third terminator film it's just that you can't go to see it in any theater in your your neighborhood there's only one or hopefully two theaters in the world that you can go to see the next terminator movie
2: maybe
3: I don't know. I can't remember if that's whether or not that's like how they marketed it. I it, was, it,
2: it is, yeah. I went back. I looked it up. It was described as this is the new Terminator 3 by James Cameron.
1: It's interesting. Cause well, I,
2: not the new, but I think he said this is like...
1: A continuation.
3: It See, it's a continuation. That's because I always thought of it as being sort of Terminator 2 where Or like it was, was really kind of an arm of, of two rather than being another entity in it, but maybe, okay, I guess they thought otherwise, but...
2: It might have just been a way to get people to watch it, you right. know, like, or to come to Universal Studios to experience yeah, it. Yeah, because it, it featured
3: Eddie Furlong as John and, and the T-800. It was kind of a side story to, to, to T-2, so, I
1: don't know. As you know, they already messed up right here. Right here, we're already having major problems. They have the T-1 million or whatever it is. I think oh, it's yeah. the T-1 million. It is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they didn't even <laughs> go to, like... Ten thousand, right? Two thousand, right? Fuck it, a million, bro. <laughs> well, and and then they end up next the T infinity,
1: right? the T infinity plus one. <laughs> Sounds like some shit a kid made. Like, oh well, I'm the T one million. <laughs> well,
3: what was he? What was he in Genesis with the John that became the machine? <laughs> <laughs> that was the T three thousand. Thousand, there you go. 8, yeah, what yeah. the million then.
2: The million is <laughs> <Right. my> God. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: million is God. Right. <laughs> they already messed it up. They went straight to a million.
2: Yeah, I mean the T. One million is, like, better than Thanos, like, better than Galactus.
1: (laughs) It's just, like, universe emperor. And they already threw that in there for whatever unknown reason. It's dumb.
2: Just a big spider. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was just a big liquid spider.
2: (laughs) All right. So that's the first Terminator 3, right? Now, Steve, you might know a little bit about this, how this happened. I don't. Eventually, there was a real Terminator 3 that came out in the mid-2000s, not directed by James Cameron, not affiliated to James Cameron at all, as far as I know. Is that right?
3: Yeah, the uh, Carol Co. had long since gone bankrupt, and the rights to the franchise had been passed along, and they ended up with a different studio. And um, a group of people just decided it would be a good idea to try to restart the Terminator franchise, because at that point, it had been... A, yeah, more than a decade yeah more than a decade since T2 had come out and they thought it would be I I, I have to admit I'm not going to defend that movie on the whole I don't like that movie on the whole it's not a good movie on the whole but it, of all of the other sequels it's, it's the one I least dislike because it at least had the premise that made the most sense to me where um, John and Sarah destroyed Cyberdyne but it didn't really completely put off Judgment Day, because the Air Force was able to access at least parts of what Dyson's team had been doing. They took it and used it as the basis for something else that just developed into a variation of, of Cyberdyne and became kind of rolled from there. And what would it be like if this was still happening and John was now an adult but was too paranoid to, to go live within society, which he probably would be given the way he was raised? Unfortunately, the delivery on it was not not Stupid up to par. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, Nick Stahl was badly cast, Sarah wasn't dented at all, Claire Danes was badly cast, and I don't dislike either of them, but not good for those parts. The Terminatrix was fucking ridiculous. That's maybe, maybe among the worst villains they've ever used in a Terminator movie. And in
2: this
1: one, Sarah Connor is dead.
3: Yeah. Yeah, in this one, Sarah's supposed to have died. And
2: that was the big selling point. Arnold is coming back.
3: Yeah, yeah. And he was already kind of borderline too old to still be doing it then. And that movie's, what, 15 years old now? Yeah, it was kind
2: of borderline. It's like, well, he doesn't (laughs) quite look the same, but you know what? It's passable enough. He's kind of at that age where he's not quite an old man yet. Right. He hasn't run for governor yet. A couple (laughs) more years. Oh,
1: shit. Think about that. He was already governor, and he's still playing the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Oh, fuck. You're right. Damn. Well, all right. So, Terminator 3... Done. Then there's Terminator Salvation. So I think the idea with this is, all right, Terminator 3 wasn't quite giving us the T2 results that we expected. Let's reboot the franchise, but kind of in like a soft rebooty way where it's, you know, you know the story of Terminator. This is semi-disconnected from that. It's the future, right? It's a standalone story. We're going to start making our own movies after Judgment Day. War movies with robots. Am I following that correctly? Yeah.
1: And who other to play John Connor than... Christian
3: Bale. He is by far the best actor to have ever been cast as John. I mean, I love Eddie Furlong, but in terms of like acting talent, Christian Bale is the best actor to have ever played that part. I don't know that his version of it is the best version of it.
1: And they got the infamous set rant where he got all pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty hot for
3: like a I, He was being a dick, but I also think the way the sound clips got used and the way it was written about made it look like he was being a bigger dick than was really the case. Cause the other guy really was being distracted, and you shouldn't have been doing that when he was doing that.
2: But I'm a fucking professional, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: no, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The, the fuck are you doing?
2: Are you professional or not? Yes I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want no! No! Don't shut me up. Am I gonna walk around and rip your fucking lights down? in the middle of a scene, then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da 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 like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you?
3: Bale was being an asshole. I mean, no doubt. He didn't need to go that far off. You
2: know what? He did the right thing. He came out and he's like, look, I I got hot-headed, I freaked out, and I overreacted, and I shouldn't have, and I apologize, and I feel really bad for it. I mean, what else can you do? Everyone's gotten super pissed that someone unnecessarily... Right? I, I
3: get it. I've heard Bale's got a little bit of that personality, but uh, did he, yeah, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. And you're right, he apologized. And it's not like he beat the guy up, so.
1: Unfortunately, the movie was not very good.
3: No. no. Even he and Michael Ironside couldn't save that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michael Ironside, can he ever really save a movie, you know?
3: <laughs> no, I think he just kind of ends up in things that are cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> he didn't save next Karate Kid either.
3: Ooh, you know you're right. Putting him in that really, although on, I think the flip side of that coin is he was perfect for that part. Like I can't imagine anyone <laughs> else playing that part properly. Right?
2: Fucking psycho, man. He was exactly him, him and his protege, right? lunatics. Well,
3: they had to be, you know, the successor to the crease character. So, yeah.
2: All right, so that's Terminator Salvation. Then we got Terminator Genesis. Now, Ugh, vomit. All right, so Terminator Genesis said, you know what, alright, fuck Terminator Salvation, fuck Terminator 3, fuck T2 3D, we're the new Terminator 3. So they interrupted the timeline to change the canon to fit their movie because it had a rocky history.
3: Yeah, it's like a quasi-sequel semi-reboot rolled into one movie. And like, I I, I did think the way they recreated the 1984 era stuff was cool. Me too. Th- that was a nice touch, but the rest of the film was just garbage.
1: I think I hated this one the most. But I loved how each time you introduced the next Terminator, it started with, okay, so they said, screw the last one. (laughs) Everyone just keeps saying, all right, well, screw the other one. I think that may be why...
3: (laughs) You might have just nailed it for me, man. I think that might be why 3s, even though I don't like it, the one I dislike the least, because it was the only one that just went in honestly saying what if it were a sequel? And the other ones all kept trying to redefine what yeah, like the Terminator franchise was. <laughs>
1: screw those other ones, but now are this one. Right. Well, let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just do that and again. Including this one. And we're like, oh, well, screw all the other ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we're the real sequel.
3: I think that's what held back Superman Returns, too, because Warner Brothers and Singer insisted on making it a soft sequel to Superman 2. It's like, why? Why are you doing I that? I mean, they
2: got a guy that looks exactly like... Ralph was a good cast for that. He looked
3: so much like uh, Christopher Reeve. I mean, look, we, I've said this to you during our personal conversations. I actually had, there was a short list of things about that movie I'll actually defend. I don't think it's an entire piece of flaming garbage. In fact, I think it's better than a lot of the Terminator scenes. I
2: already know what points he'd bring up. Right. The two things that Steve would defend right. Brian Singer, <laughs> well, and I don't uh, know. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Spacey is a
3: talented actor, and I have uh, nothing else to see, say about I knew it.
2: you would defend him. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't resolve his personal life, unfortunately. Like- so, here we have Terminator Dark Fate. They might as well have just called it, this is Terminator 3 again, right? Slash right. 6. I mean, it would have been yeah. better than Dark Fate. Dark Fate is...
3: That is not a good subtitle. Oh, I mean, there were so many moments that I think we we both found a little queasy during this movie where they wanted to call back the two. And Dark Fate is such a callback to just the whole concept of, you know, no fate but what we make. Yeah,
1: but no one knows that, dude, unless you're like a hardcore fan and it's like shittily tied Yeah, together, but I mean, kinda. it was still
3: on purpose, though. It's still clearly mm. on purpose.
2: I just don't like dark being the first word of the subtitle. It's corny. It starts off corny. It's like Dark Fate. Well, oh, Ooh, it's dark. He was... <laughs>
3: Tim Miller was like a, a unit supervisor or something on what was the was it the second Thor, Dark World? Was that was that what that was that was, that, what that was called?
2: Yeah, it was yeah. called that, also corny subtitles. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so he's done two movies where it's dark something.
2: Oh man.
1: Dark, dark.
2: Steve, he, did you know that the Rotten Tomato critic score for Terminator Dark Fate is higher than Joker?
3: I don't understand how that's possible. Like I haven't read over the reviews, but I have difficulty making the maths make sense on that.
2: So, Terminator Dark Fate is seventy one percent. Joker sixty nine percent. Nice. What? Nice. Yeah. I.
3: This is got to, you know. I. I think this is one of those areas where the con, quote unquote controversial nature of Joker is what killed it there, because there is probably a lot of really sensitive critics that are yeah. very upset about it's one of those it's inciting violence it's it, it's you know uh, uh, picking up the worst elements of society to focus on well and that's
1: that's all oh, the incel right shit. yeah exactly yeah. and that's
3: all they can see in it they don't they don't see them the film as a film it's just it's what what social problems do i see this movie stoking the flames of
2: or as uh, i've heard it called <laughs> the incel jesus argument
1: <laughs> right <laughs> but really it's just like a movie Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean,
2: come on. It certainly
3: is. (laughs) Right, yeah, I mean, definitely, you can at least say that about it, it's a movie. But it's a really good movie. God damn, that's, yeah.
2: (laughs) Alan, what was uh, the budget like on Terminator Dark Fate? I imagine pretty high.
1: It's pretty high. Uh, Wikipedia says 185 to 196, and the box office was 135.1. Yeah, so, so it I can lost about fifty so far. And it's still out right well,
2: at the time of this recording. It
3: is. I want to add a footnote to this, though. I was reading uh, other I read three, at least three, separate articles about the fact that the film is underperforming, and they all backed up that the, they don't they can't pay what the exact number is without looking at the accounting. But the film really needs to make somewhere in the neighborhood of four hundred and fifty million dollars total. Yeah, the for marketing
2: to, for this movie has been crazy heavy.
3: Exactly. So, they're going to need to hit 450 just to start getting profit.
1: Dude, this <laughs> is just too insane with movies nowadays. Yeah. Like, the budget and all this marketing and, like, hundreds of millions or it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is that?
3: <laughs> this is a significant industry-wide problem. It's been ongoing for a long time. A lot of people have made mention of it. I remember Kiefer Sutherland saying something about this on, like, I think, a Top Gear interview maybe 15 years ago <laughs> that – The the studios are increasingly investing themselves primarily in these big tentpole movies. You know, they make two or three of a year and it's caused a lot of stability issues in the industry and it prevents smaller movies from getting made and it's it's a high risk situation. Fox almost went completely bankrupt during the 60s making a movie called Cleopatra. Mm. It's
1: crazy. Yeah. So, this is not made money. No, not yet anyway.
2: You guys think this is going to put a hold off- (laughs) on the terminator movies for a while i
3: honestly hope so
1: i think what's gonna happen the same shit that's been happening it's gonna put a hold off for like a couple years until everyone forgets about it and then they're gonna try to do another one
3: if i have to stomach them doing another reboot i hope they wait at
1: least a decade before they do it. yeah they're gonna wait like five years because when was four oh nine when when was uh genesis 2015 i think four years
3: Yeah, which, I mean, just for me is not enough time. I want distance from the last time they touched it before they start over again.
1: So, you guys ready to see Terminator 7 in 2024?
2: I mean, if they wait long enough, they'll just end up rebooting it or remaking it. Yeah. And it'll just be the same first movie, but remade.
3: Right. And... I I think that I agree with you. I think ultimately I guess is, is that's what I'd prefer they try to do because at this point continuing to try to do like quasi soft reboots and sequels and semi sequels it's just it's not this is not working.
2: I don't no. know if I want that. But I just think they'll go that route.
3: I don't really want it. I'd prefer they just never make another Terminator movie ever again. <laughs> Where does Arnold think like, is
1: he going to be don't back want again? It. <laughs> <laughs> For
2: the seventh one is he going to be just Oh, he's three? not going to be in any. I mean, he said he won't be back. No, this is the yeah, yeah, last right.
1: one like ever. I'm sure.
2: I, I'm willing to bet it is, yeah. It is. Unless they use like a CGI version of him. Oh my God, which
1: they probably will. <laughs> he's Terminator He'll forever. Wait until he's dead, though, you know? Yeah. Like James uh, Dean.
3: Fuck, man. What's Elijah th- Wood came out and said he doesn't like
2: it either. This movie or the CGI, the CGI rendering? James of James <laughs> <laughs> okay. the CGI
3: James. I don't know what Elijah Wood's opinion about Terminator is.
2: Someone hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> Yo, Elijah, what do you think about the new Terminator? <laughs>
2: Elijah Wood seems cool. I'd like to have him on a podcast.
3: <laughs> I would love to have Elijah Wood on a podcast.
2: <laughs> Elijah, if you're listening, hit us up. BigDarkMovie right. at gmail.com. We'll, we'll pencil you in. <laughs> right.
1: Okay, so uh, back to the movie. So Let's talk very, about
2: right. it. Yeah, let's talk about Dark Fate because... Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's a thing that happens at the very beginning. You guys probably don't remember. I do. Very, very, very first scene is something from Terminator 2. Mm. So, to me, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to show us this clip from Terminator 2. Oh, what's going on out there? If you don't know, the clip from Terminator 2 is Sarah in the hospital talking to Dr. Silverman. She's kind of describing her dreams and, like, when the nukes land. You know, that really famous scene. You
4: think you're safe and alive? You're already dead. Everybody, him, you, you're dead already. This whole place, everything you see is gone.
3: You're the one living in a fucking dream, Silverman, cuz I knew it happens. It
2: happens. You're the one living in a fucking dream, Silverman. Right. Yeah, and they're thing.
1: showing it through like the security camera. Yes. Yeah, but- so they show it like uh the footage from when she's in the hospital. Like they show it as like the footage.
2: What I thought it was going to be is an extended version of that. I thought they were going to show what happens after they pause the tape in Terminator 2. And she keeps going. Like I thought it was going to be the full version of that, but it wasn't. I thought that would have been cool. Yeah, to see like what else she says in that whole scene, or you know, right. But whatever doesn't happen. Steve, you had some things to say about what happens right after that, right? The because then it shows post Judgment Day, and <sighs> this shows is the probably the like most
1: controversial part of the whole movie, I- really. I, I hated think. it. The, the was, T-800s knew, coming out of the water? Yeah. I, oh, no, not that one. No.
3: Oh, okay. Keep going. I just, uh, it, like, um, it was in this moment I knew everything I was concerned would be wrong with this movie was going to be wrong with this movie. <laughs> just from the T-800s coming out of the water. Well, that that and then what happens immediately afterward. Like, it was like, right away. They couldn't have possibly. I mean, look, admittedly, I didn't go in with a good attitude, but they couldn't have soured me more. Right off the bat, with this, I'm like, "Fuck you guys! Why? Okay. Why did you do so this?" I know. It's, all
2: right, so we'll all right. Let's we'll set up the stage a little bit. Yeah. So it shows Sarah Connor and John Connor in 1998. Yeah. So this is just a, a little bit after the events of T2, right? It's uh, supposed to be three years after
3: T2 took place, and about a year after Judgment Day would have happened. Okay. And they're, and they're, in, they're in Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah. Which is like why, but okay. Well, you
1: know, it's just like a sudden.
3: South they're American off the grid, country. I guess. You know. It's just like a South American country.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's All like right. the generic, like they're off the grid. You know, they're going to Guatemala. Yeah, but
3: they think the, they think they stopped it at that point. So why?
1: Because they're wanted for like Cyberdyne.
3: You know, okay, that, you know, probably you're right. They're like
1: fucking fugitives pro- as fuck. Yeah. You know? How many people are dead? <laughs>
3: okay, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. You're right. They blew up Cyberdyne and yeah. shit. So yeah, they're not going to be hanging around LA. Let's talk um, positive for a minute. Yeah. How is the de-aging? On Sarah, it looked great. On on, on uh, the, the Eddie Furlong effect, wasn't terrible, but a little awkward. I'm not sure they're quite there yet.
2: I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty seamless for me. I didn't hate it. From my own it. perception. Yeah. I liked it. Alan, de-aging
1: effects? I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it looked fine.
3: Well, Eddie, in fairness... They didn't really use Eddie. They used someone who was a very similar body double and then used like cutouts from frames from T two to match the face. Right. Here's an important
1: question. Right before it came out, he said he had a very small part, and even said admittedly he's like it's like a really minor part. Does that count as Eddie Furlong? Technically yes. Even though it's not Yeah, it's his likeness. He got
2: yeah. paid, I'm pretty sure.
3: In fact, uh, Crispin Glover sort of semi-established how this would work, suing them over... Back over to the future, BDTF too. To, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So, he, so he, did, he did have a part in it.
3: Yeah, technically he did have a part. If they use anything that appears to be him, then he
1: gets paid. Even though it wasn't really him. Yeah, like, him now. Yeah, it's his
2: likeness. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. So, Alan, why don't you tell us about what happens in this scene when we see young John Connor again, and it's kind of like, oh my god, <laughs> it's young John Connor. It's, like, really kind of exciting. It is. Like, it is. It, like it really lifted my spirits. Alan, what, old what old happens reciting. next?
1: Well, right before that, I actually did, like, the part when he's talking to that woman in Spanish, because it's, like, it was just a funny little... Yeah, quote. it's
2: continuity. He speaks yeah. Spanish. We know that from T2. Yeah, right. so
1: he's, like, talking to the woman, and then immediately after, which... I actually like this part because this is what I thought Terminator should have been always. Is you see a Terminator just kind of walk in the bar where they're hanging out and just immediately pulls out a shotgun and just kills John. He just shoots him, like cold blood. Yep. Not Moment that, of man.
2: silence for my fucking boy John here. I mean. Right? The.
3: the <sighs> there are. That franchise, character-wise, is broken up into thirds. It's about Sarah John and some incarnation of the T-800. And, like, immediately it's just like, fuck you and fuck this character. It's not about him anymore.
2: Like, Thanks, I guys. did not like that at all. No, very unhappy. For the first problem I have with that... Is that it hurt my heart. It, yes, exactly. It's the best way to put it. It made me sad. Exactly. But not sad in a, like the kind of way I like. I like depressing movies where dark shit happens. Right. I like your like nocturnal animal style movie. But this was more like a fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking the nuts. It's like being betrayed by someone you love. Right?
1: Well, this is because they wanted it both ways. They established in the second one that John and them could run and they could fight and they got away from the... The T 1000, she can run from Terminators, and then this one they're like, oh, actually, it's either right now. He just kills him. Which is what it should have been from the beginning, but then that wouldn't make for a good movie. But that's what I always thought the Terminator well, should be. It's a cold blooded killer. It just walks in, kills John. Like, it doesn't chase him. He can't get away. It's a Terminator. It just. Well, they certainly got him. the
2: drop on John. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I won't
3: disagree with you about that, but there's a couple of things I, I want to pick out of this. Number one. Michael Bean's character, Reese, is very specific, or fairly specific, at least in the first one, that Skynet's got limited access to records from from much before the war because a lot got destroyed in the initial strikes. So (laughs) it doesn't really know everything. That's why in the first film, the T-800 ends up killing like six different women named Sarah Connor, because they're not exactly sure which one's the right one. Right. Um, So John... And the, the other T-800 and Sarah and Miles, they change the course of history by destroying Cyberdyne's offices. They go to Guatemala. That's a completely new timeline. How would Skynet have ever known to send machines to Guatemala looking for them, first of all? Doesn't make any sense to me. There's no way they, they could have accessed all of that. Um, secondly, once they've destroyed... Th- Sky- or, uh, Cyberdyne and thus stop Skynet from happening, unless it's a Rise of the machine scenario where someone else picked up the research, shouldn't the T-800s just have never existed then? Shouldn't it be like like Marty in Back to the Future? As the timeline begins to change, his existence slowly ceases to be a thing. He starts literally fading away because the timeline that he exists on is, is starting to disappear. That Obviously, it's all science fiction. The rules can be a little flexible for the sake of the story. But if if John and Sarah completely stopped the old Cyberdyne from ever existing, and it's a whole different future with this other thing called Legion, then why do T-800s still exist? When they erased that future from happening, Cyberdyne never happened. The T-800s never got built. They never got sent back in time.
2: So, the Terminator rules do create paradoxes like that. That's true. The, the main one is John Connor's whole existence. Right. So, Kyle Reese would have never went back in time. John Connor would just disappear. The grandfather paradox. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know with these time travel movies. It's not real, obviously. So, right. they kind of establish their own rules and follow their own in-universe rules. And right. In Terminator, I guess you don't disappear.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, just like really strange. Yeah, I guess you're, you must be right. It's the only way to handle it. But
2: like, that bothered me. Okay. So, John is out and
1: oof just like the first like five minutes
2: yeah (laughs) then it takes us into modern day which is I actually read that it takes place in 2020 the time of this recording is 2019 but same difference basically (laughs) and we get to meet our other players and we see a time portal open up now we all know what the time portal looks like there's electricity going on everywhere a bubble forms someone plops out of it now it occurred to me in this movie that the time portals happen in the air like, they happen above ground. Yeah. And then the people drop. And then I was thinking back to the other movies. That actually does happen for Kyle Reese as well. Right. If you remember. So, that's, like, that's I guess that's supposed to be the continuity there. Because Kyle Reese just kind of fucking lands on the cement super hard. Yeah. His skin's burning.
3: Well, it, 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 it does seem to be consistent in that that's happened in other films. But it also seems to be a variable effect. Because you think about, like, uh, Arnie's introduction in T2. Where the bubble sort of forms in the ground, that it ends up cutting out part of the ground and the truck that he's next to, and there's that red glow from where the cement got cut away by the time portal opening. So it, it seems like sometimes they get it gets opened in midair and they get dropped, and other times they sort of just end up on the ground.
1: One weird thing I noticed in this one is when it shows the bubble, it has the electricity effect, but it also shows an effect where everything around it starts freezing. But if you go back to the second and the first one, and the second one there's one part where it like melts the fence. Yeah. They make it seem hotter.
2: It's like the opposite in this one. Yeah.
1: The opposite this one they actually show that freezing effect. And in the previous ones it was like hot. Yeah, in
3: two Arnold's arrival literally cuts a piece of a truck off. Like Yeah, Yeah, yeah. the corner. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Who knows what the reason for that is. it's probably like the time travel in this new timeline is just slightly different, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let's talk about who we meet when the Time Portal comes out. So, Grace is one of our characters, played by Mackenzie Davis. Quick side question, you guys know her from anything else? No. Okay, she was in uh, Blade Runner 2049.
3: That's what it was. She yeah. played
2: Tully in the movie Tully, which right. is pretty good. And uh, she was in my favorite episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero. If you guys never seen Black Mirror, check it out.
3: I know that show, I just don't remember that episode. But I'll, I'm going to have to re that,
1: yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, what's Mackenzie Davis about? Uh, her name's Grace. Let's call her Grace.
1: Mm-hmm. What's her deal, Alan? Um, well, Mostly annoying. we find out that she is an augmented soldier from the future, and she is sent to protect our next major character, the, the main character, uh, Danny Ramos. Ramos.
2: Now, we also- are in Mexico City. They're in Mexico City. Sir. That's right. So 2020 Mexico City. We also see uh, a little bit later Gabriel Luna's character, the Rev-9. Steve, what do you think of the Rev-9? It,
3: it reminds me a lot of the Terminator X. It's a really st- stupid strange combination. I mean, there were cool elements to it, but it's basically <laughs> a, a T8 or pseudo T800-ish endoskeleton with like a liquid metal or nanobot out- outer skin so the outer skin can separate from the endoskeleton and do its own thing. And the endoskeleton just looks like an endoskeleton, but the outer layer can mimic skin and hair and clothing and uh, can do the bit where like it can touch and just mimic whatever it touches in terms of like clothing items.
2: You're telling me this thing can turn into anything it touches? This, right.
4: Anything it samples by physical conduct.
3: <laughs> Except for this time, it's way more than just metal objects. Like uh I don't know. Not not a real convincing he was a real aggressive villain, which I appreciated, but otherwise not real compelling.
1: Yeah, I didn't feel too attached to this thing either. It just didn't feel like it was special or anything cool. The T
3: one thousand, there's that sense of tension the entire time. Like, even though he's not nearly as aggressive in the way he attacked them, and like going back to Alan's correct criticism, like the T T one thousand kind of a lazy terminator. Had a lot of opportunities in T2 to just kill them that he sort of gave up cuz he was like refused to run for instance. But uh even 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 still like they build this sense of tension throughout the entire film like oh my god it's still coming it's still coming it's still coming and like with this guy it's just like when do you get to the point where you figure out how to kill it? Like I don't you know there was no tension in it for me. Yeah,
1: it was too like formula Formulated. And then when
3: they give you... They do this build-up to get a way to kill it, and they take that away from you like three minutes later. Like, oops, we broke it. Well, let's do something different.
2: <laughs> there are three major action scenes in this movie. Yeah. And one of them is here toward the start, when Danny and her brother, they go to work. There's kind of like an ironic scene where... Danny's brother, he worked in like a factory, He lost. he's like losing his job to a machine. Like they have like a robot to take his place. Not like a Terminator looking robot, like that would be a little...
1: Right. But you know... Like automation. Yeah. The
3: machine that stamps like body panels for cars or something.
1: Yeah. Something like that. In this beginning scene, I have to lay it out here because we're going to get a lot of this, is one of my major criticisms with this movie and the whole thing in general is that it just copies the first two. Which is what a lot of remakes tend to do, or a lot of like, reboots. They just copy all the stuff from the original ones. So, here, one of the first things you see is, uh, they're at work, like you mentioned. And there's a scene where, uh, the Rev 9 shows up at Danny's house and asks her dad if Danny's home. And he has like that kind of like, warm, he's like trying to be all charming, like normal. He's like, yo, you know, I'm looking for Danny. It's the same shit as T2. When the T one thousand's looking for John,
2: I see what you're saying. So you're saying he didn't offer like a a unique take on it.
1: No, they're like that's what I'm saying. They just copy the the scenes from the other movies. It's the same thing. It's the T one thousand showing up asking the parents for John, and then we find out shortly after that when uh, they're at work and uh, they think the dad shows up. He says that they forgot their lunches and the dad's like shows up to find Danny
2: but it ain't the dad is it
1: but it ain't the dad it's the rev nine and shortly after that grace shows up and she's like oh your your dad's dead just she like she says you too. Uh,
2: well just like she says come with me or you're dead in 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i mean this
3: is what we were talking about this when we started the recording that like it, so much of the movie is just obvious nods to two. Mm -hmm. And like, I agree with Alan in the sense that like a lot of the time when they reboot, they have to retouch on things, but this wasn't supposed to be a reboot. And this one, it wasn't even them retouching on things. It was them just blatantly be like, Hey, here's a knockoff moment from Tito.
1: Like, remember this, this will get
3: you excited. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is the problem I had with the first Jurassic world. The last third of the film was just constant nods to the original. Like, no, just you, you. If that at this point, I'll just go watch the original. Thank you. Like, the T Rex, right? The T Rex, the Jeeps. Oh, here we go. Here's another thing from the original movie the dining room. Ooh, look, we found the old building. Fuck you. I'm just gonna watch the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so here we go. Look, and, you know, it shows up, and it's not her dad, just like at the end of T2 when it's not Sarah. You know, it's like, get down. It's not the person you think it is,
0: <laughs>
2: right? Well, I. I want to talk a little bit about the action in the action scene. So we see more what Grace can do, right? She's super fast. Things like moving slow-mo for her, it seems like. Right. So she can kind of move quickly because she can, I don't know, detect reality at a slower rate or something. I don't really know yeah. the mechanics, but... <clears throat> one of the things that bothered me, though, is the slow-mo to speed up in the action scenes. It's very, like, Zack Snydery. It's like they're, in fact, there's one part in there that's, like, straight out of Watchmen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, okay. it's okay. There's some good wide shots in the first hand-to-hand action scene. Right. But there's also, after that, like, a lot of quick cuts.
3: None of the fights in this were very interesting. At least to me. I, yeah, I, look here's another one I'll give three. Stupid movie, but that big the big action sequence where they've got the the truck with the crane on it and they're swinging it through the buildings and shit. Yeah, was way more fun to watch than any of the action sequences in this. I
0: moment.
2: don't even like chase scenes, but that's a that's a pretty damn good one. It is right.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, I was gonna say. Um, I mean, the fights were not interesting, but I thought I kind of liked that a little more. Maybe I don't know that I like the fight scenes or that slow mo effect. Okay. I so guess that, I couldn't it, my finger until you mentioned it.
2: It has it has some audience then. I. I mean, I could understand the appeal. It's just, to me, it's, it doesn't feel like it fits for me. But, okay. hey, that's just me. Right. Now, they take their fight scene out to the freeway. Like, there's like a, you know, a truck chase scene. Terminator 2, right? Yeah, another non-Terminator
3: 2. Here, let's get the T1. The thing that is basically a T-1000 to chase them in, in a, truck. Truck. Yeah. a truck. Well,
2: it's like a tractor thing. It's got like this scoopy thing in the front of the car. Oh, uh, a, a, a no cowcatcher catcher thing. And not a bulldozer, but a, you know, this...
1: Scoopy. Yeah. <laughs> the scoopy scoop? The angled, like, thing so it just plows through cars. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. it's like a cow catcher grill type deal <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah,
1: don't, same... don't comment. We, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> same shit as T2, just like you said. Here's the scene where it's chasing them down and they're going as fast as they can, but it's catching up to them.
2: And uh, the brother's with him, but he gets taken out. I mean, he's gonna die. You know he's gonna die. Yeah, well, I mean, those characters were completely
3: unnecessary. I they like I I get the whole idea of the bro oh the brother's job's being taken by a robot it's a nod to the robot. It's like I don't need that you didn't have to do that we didn't have to meet the father or the brother at all totally unnecessary there's 20 minutes you can cut out of this movie like
2: We just wanted to have like no family
3: you no know, she could have just mentioned them she could have just said at some point you know I left my father and brother at home and they could have been like we can't go back right. your parents are dead right yeah exactly
1: was this rated R or PG 13 it was R yeah it's pretty they should have showed. The Rev-9 killing her dad. Not to sound, like, too brutal. And that's true. But I feel like... At least in T2, you they did that shot that, with the yeah.
3: T-1000 putting the blade through the stepdad's mouth. Oh, that's not so okay. not It's it not is. for the
1: gore, but that establishes, like, how brutal this thing is. Because this one, they just kind of show him, and, and then she's like, oh, your dad's dead, like, just because it showed up. They didn't show, like, how brutal it is.
2: Yeah. Now, on the freeway, our, uh, our leads here, Grace and Danny, are cornered by the rev nine he's split into two and he's he's about to kill him but we get and you've seen the trailer you've, if you've seen the movie you know this uh, obviously sarah comes out and she just kind of like kicks its ass casual as he likes she gets out of the car just like fucking blast grenade launching fucking unloading on this motherfucker What do you guys think of this whole bit with Sarah's like, I'm a badass. I could give a fuck less about this.
3: I think Sarah from 2 was a bigger badass than Sarah from this one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I found this Sarah less interesting. Also, I think that like, I really do think the years of traveling around Central and South America with John, living with mercenaries, flying on helicopters, getting weapons training, the the years she spent in Pescadero, the shit that went down with with, uh, Miles, it's like- this would be a scarred woman. Like, not that I think she would be dysfunctional. She's a very strong character, but like, this would be a scarred woman. I think, and I think they played more to that in two than they did in this one. They made her seem in this one much more like she's kind of just functional, and especially after like being there for John to get murdered and blah blah blah, and like, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't in love with the way they pitched her.
1: This but. part was way too corny for me. Because yeah, it, it kinda corny. touches on what's thesis. Yeah. The second one she was badass by actually being badass. She didn't and then this one, her introduction is her just showing up like skidding in the car, she has the shotgun, on the rocket launcher. It's just too contrived. It's she like, like
2: empties it out, just yeah, drops it, just drops it, throws it like away. fuck this gun. <laughs> right. I have another my next
1: one. gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so formula formula. Where is she getting all these guns from? You know, like like
0: how care? badass
3: she is. How does she has she, she's managed to travel around blowing up Terminators in public places and law enforcement has yet to catch her?
1: They tried way too hard to make her the ultimate badass.
2: I mean, and that's highlighted when she like knocks one off the freeway and then she throws like a grenade on it and like steps away and she's like, I'll be back. I'll be back. Right. As casual as you like. <laughs> I'll be back. There go. Yeah. I do this
1: all the time. You know, the whole second movie was them freaking out and just running from one She's One of
3: the most perfect parts about 2 is, like, look what this experience has done to her. And it, they, they lost it here.
1: Yeah, now she's just all badass and she can kill Terminators.
2: And we also find out here, around here anyway, that Grace, despite being, like, I don't know, maybe comparable to a Terminator, like, as strong and maybe even faster, she, like, needs medication or something? like.
3: This is another weird point. Like, she explains that she's augmented to the point where her body can only barely accommodate the modifications even being there. And she needs to be on a drug cocktail to manage it. But they solve this by going to a a pharmacy or whatever it was and, grabbing a handful of different drugs that she proceeds to turn into a weird injectable cocktail that she occasionally takes intravenously. They
1: never explain what it is. Yeah,
3: it's like, wait, if you need some specific future med to manage these augments, then whatever you've got there is probably not going to do it. Like,
2: well, when she's at the counter, she's like, I need this, I need this. She does know well, what she needed. Need I don't know catalyzed. what they are. One of them was insulin. I know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, so her whole augment thing, it shows her- In the future. It's like a flashback while she's kind of passing out or a flash forward, I guess, depending on your perspective. Yeah. It shows her future. It's 2042, I believe. And it kind of shows like what the Terminators were like that they face and how she ended up getting the augments. Right. First thing on that, what'd you guys think of the actual Terminators in the future? They're all like super tentacle-y. Like there's a lot of tentacles going on with these future Terminators. Like Brian Singer or Sentinels. Kind of.
3: It reminded me a little bit of the ones from Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. Um. Except Live, Die, Repeat was considerably better than this. They're
1: the total opposite of the Terminators you think of. Like, the rigid Terminators, like Arnold, they're like weird little creatures.
2: There's like a lot of the, like, Rev-9 style liquid metal nanobot things, right? Yeah. I don't know. she gets hurt and she's just like, give me an augment. And they're like, all right. Like... <laughs> Like, why doesn't everyone just do that? Is yeah. it because, like, they don't want to have surgery?
3: And, yeah, maybe some people just don't want to have it. Be it. You know, it's, uh, they they touch on that idea a little bit. I don't want to deter too much. But, like, the original Ghost in the Shell, there's a moment where Kusanagi's talking about how some people only take the minimum, you know, where other people are way more, like, almost entirely artificial and blah, blah, blah. Maybe something
2: like that. That's a huge. Problem. I feel like in this dystopian future... Where you're fighting this new Skynet called Legion. It's true. There's Terminators everywhere. You want the fucking augment. Everyone you take the wants. Argument. it. Right? Everyone's right. on it. I would feel like I'd want it. Right. I mean, it's like meal to meal you're living, you know, like minute to minute, even.
0: Right. That's you want to be true. able to
2: fucking defend yourself. Alright. So Grace has a tattoo. Right? Now, no. this tattoo is coordinates to somewhere, which we learn is the same place that like. Sarah's looking for oh wait Sarah's been getting text messages
3: yeah Sarah's been I'll getting asked her
1: how they knew she was on the that, to find them on the bridge
3: yeah and she says that she's been getting irregular text messages letting her know where and when a Terminator would would appear <coughs> and this whole thing opens up the door to a lot of other paradox questions it just doesn't make sense it. to me
2: <laughs> so <laughs> how do, I mean the tattoo let's talk about it Are they yeah so, her, like, superior gave it to her to find Arnold, to find yes, somebody T-800, like, to find yeah. Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger? I don't think they knew it was him, but they said, like, oh, this is what you need to do because he's from the future.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's another paradox question because, like, then they had to have found it in order for someone in the future to know where it was to find. but then –
2: Like, I don't know. Forget it. I don't understand timelines, man.
1: (laughs) I want to go back a quick step. Sorry. This I had a problem with. When we find out she's been getting the text messages and going out and killing these Terminators, that completely negates the concept of the first two and Terminator in general because how is she killing these Terminators? Terminators are resistant to bullets, to explosions. They had, like... They had to kill one in a press and send the T one thousand into a liquid forge. So how is Sarah going around killing Terminators like it's her At job. least in this
3: case she wasn't able to kill it. But you're right. I, I think maybe maybe and I'm guessing that like the other ones have all been T eight hundreds and maybe the T eight hundreds can be taken down if there's like enough enough weaponry thrown she at them but the last thing you like, uses, Yeah, it'll use like, yeah, <laughs> <can> rocket launchers <laughs> and shit. They did Fuckin'. that though.
1: They can resist all that.
3: Oh, I don't know. There's got to be a way to destroy him. They find ways to destroy him in the future, right? I don't know. I don't With
2: know. their bare fucking hands. That's how. Yeah, right. She gets in there and she rips its head off. <laughs> yeah. For John. Oh, I mean, it's she's like.
1: All these movies running from one, and now she's hunting them. Yeah.
2: Well, they find they have to go to Texas. They have to of figure course. out
1: who is this person in Texas that.
2: Grace is supposed to go find for help and is act- actively helping Sarah, sending her texts as to where these Terminators are landing. So um, we get a part in the middle where they have to like cross the border and all that. The main thing that bothered me about the border crossing is they're like, whoa, how do we cross the border? And Danny says, oh, I know someone that can help us. Of course. And then it's her uncle. Like she's related to someone that's a coyote.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't like the fact that they didn't use the easiest opportunity to insert Enrique right exactly. here.
3: Exactly. Where's Enrique?
2: Where the fuck is Enrique? That I mean, come on. They have references in this, in this movie, but they're all like the wrong references, it seems like <laughs> to me. It's like they say I'll be back. I won't be back and shit like that. But why not they have some character continuity like Enrique, like that to me that would have been cool.
3: It would have been cool.
2: Or you know, Enrique's little boy, the little little guy, he's grown oh, up yeah. now. <laughs> now the kids running things. Enrique
3: Jr. Enrique Jr. and Miles Dyson Jr.
2: No shit, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, oh, I mean, Steve, why don't you tell us about them, what happens when they try to cross the border?
3: Uh, fucking what does happen when they try to cross the border? Well, they get caught.
1: They get caught because the Revline, Rev 9 infiltrates a military base using his crazy powers. He can basically infiltrate any network. Oh, yeah. What happens is he breaks into
2: a data center and he just, like, yeah. grabs some Cat 5 cables and he, like,
1: seeps into them. He can get all the data so he can see them through, like, a drone.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they all get busted at the border crossing and there's like a little bit of tension here. It's not oh, quite. He
3: scans like a bunch of CCTV security cameras. Yeah. And like finds, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, I know he's supposed to be a supercomputer, but really like there's got to be hundreds of those cameras looking at tens of thousands of people. And like you managed to pick them out like the, whatever. I found it.
1: I do that because he's like a supercomputer. He can just process like everything I that probably the most believable the whole movie <laughs> like he's like from the future dude you can just process all that shit like instantly and you can find out where they are I mean there's like it's
2: just a little bit too long I think in the border uh holding area when they get caught yeah but the short version of it is they're being held the rev 9 breaks in all hell breaks loose he kills a fucking ton of people Which I actually like, because there's a lot of people trying to take down the Rev-9. Right. And they're trying to like tackle him and there's just like spikes coming out and just like getting everyone. (laughs) That is pretty cool. That small part I like too, because that's like what I feel like would happen. He's just fucking stabbing everybody. (laughs) Yeah, just completely unstoppable. Right. And then our three main characters, they get, they escape, they get on a helicopter and they fly away. And he like almost jumps up and almost makes the helicopter, but doesn't quite. Right. Here's the thing with this guy. I feel like he could just, like, go-go gadget a helicopter out of his head. Right. And kind of just, like, fly up there, you know? Like, I mean, it seems like with his abilities, like, as advanced as he is and the amount of shit you see him do with his, like, nanobot shit, he could just kind of, like, fly up, right? He could just
1: form a little propeller. Well, here's the thing. He just can't shoot them. He doesn't have a gun. He just infiltrated the guards. He can't just grab one.
2: Or, like, make a form a spear yeah. off his body or something. Was this movie better than Matthew Broderick's Inspector Gadget? Yes. Definitively.
1: You guys matter ready matter.
2: for references? All right. Two references, right here. So in the chopper, Grace says to Danny, she's like, you can't put yourself in danger for anyone. And this is where I heard Steve groan. All right. <laughs> so we all saw this together. And I heard Steve go, ugh. <laughs> 'Cause I mean for those that don't know, it's The Terminator 2 scene where Sarah says right. that to John. You can't put yourself in danger, even for me.
4: God damn it, you have to be smarter than that. You almost got yourself killed. What were you thinking?
0: You cannot risk yourself even for me. Do you understand? You're too important. Do you understand? <laughs>
2: Uh, That's a pretty good reference, right? It was. It was, I mean, good in quotations, yeah. <laughs> the next reference is right after that. It shows uh, the Rev-9 on the ground. And he goes to some other cops. And he goes, "Say, hey, you guys know where I can get a chopper? Oh, oh it was terrible. <laughs> terrible.
1: See, this this whole his whole character.
3: Remember this thing we did He's right just, in
1: 1991? Exactly. He's just a <laughs> throwback. everything he does, the way he talks. He's – it's like he watched T2 and he's like, I'm just going to mimic exactly what Robert Pattinson. He even started this line with the word, say.
4: You okay? Fine. Say. That's a nice bike. Right. Say.
2: That's a that nice really bike. Like,
4: yeah. Right.
3: What was the point shit. of even having James Cameron back? I, uh,
2: I mean, shit. did he – what involvement do you suspect he had in this movie?
3: Well, I, okay, no, I, I don't want to insinuate that I know that his ideas were better, but I did hear that initially he and Tim Miller argued with each other quite a lot about direction and ideas and that a lot of Cameron stuff got kind of thrown out the window and then as time went on, he became less involved because that was the case. I don't know how much of that is completely true, but it seems to be the prevalent rumor. And, uh, uh, you know, I I... I think you're right to the point that probably not a tremendous amount at that rate, but I, it may have not have been any better. I, I wish, though, that they'd just given the whole thing to him, to just here to do what you would have done if, if you had made a third one without these
2: others ever existing. What do you think of that, Alan?
1: Yeah, I agree with Steve. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 pretty much it.
2: Where the Terminator see. movies are successful, it's that director with a singular vision yeah. of doing a specific story, right? Right. Where they fall apart is when he left. So I don't know for sure, like you said, that he would have made a perfect movie here, but I feel like when he was making them, they were good. (laughs) Right.
3: And like he definitely had ideas they didn't use for this. So I, I really do wonder what those would have been.
1: But this is just classic Hollywood. This happens all the time in movies, it's just money the industry, and they just want to make a generic Hollywood movie to make money. No one cares about the story, and he can't do what he really wants to do. I
3: get the impression, I've never really read this, but I get the impression that they wanted Tim Miller because Deadpool was hot shit at the time, and they wanted to be able to attach his name to it.
2: He made a lot of money with Deadpool.
3: He did, he did, and I think they really wanted to be able to say from the director of Deadpool, because I think they would have, I think they were figuring a lot of younger people who don't necessarily have a reference point for two. Would, would go see this if there, that association oh, was like there. I've heard
1: of Terminator. Look, it's
3: Terminator. Right, but it's, it's the Deadpool guy. I like yeah, Deadpool, I've heard so. of Terminator before. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, this is the point in our story, and we're going to have a lot to say here. When our heroes go to Texas to meet this mystery contact. Oh,
3: my. <laughs>
2: Not Enrique. <laughs> Not Enrique. So they meet a man named Carl. Nope. Not really, though.
1: <laughs> he sells uh, drapes.
2: This whole plot point makes me so angry. (laughs) Carl's a guy that does drapes and wears cargo shorts and watches football and drinks beer.
3: And And,
1: has a
2: family. And has emotions. (laughs) Okay, Steve. Who is Carl? Carl's a fucking (laughs) T-800. Carl is is the Terminator, goddammit. It's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger from the flashback from the very beginning. The one that killed John, right?
3: Yeah, and apparently he grew feelings after doing that, which is an amazing thing for a killer android to do.
0: It doesn't feel pity,
2: or remorse, or fear.
3: And then he decided he wanted a wife and kids, and that he liked watching football and needed to drink beer for some reason. And later. why
2: would he want to watch football? I why
3: mean, the fuck? why would anyone want to watch football? But let alone him. No, like like yeah, a robot can't be interested in football.
1: Like he gets a job. He sells drapes. Yeah, he sells things. goddamn drapes.
3: Like There's no. one moment where they make it a joke, and he like consults the, like, what kind of drapes you should use in which room, and like the the fuck are you talking about right now? This is a humanoid machine whose single purpose is to murder people.
1: Like, and he's like, so I told him, he's like, that's not good for the room. And he's like talking about the drapes. Right. He's like, you want this one.
3: And then there's a bit about how does your wife not notice that you're 500 pounds or whatever? And
1: you're like, dick
4: doesn't work. Yeah, he's like,
3: oh, we don't have a physical relationship. It's like, oh, that must be great for your wife. She's literally married to a humanoid robot that has no interest in sex.
2: (laughs) Okay, so let's uh, take a couple, there's a lot to unpack here. Right? Let's take a couple steps back. (laughs) All right, so a couple months after this T 800 killed John Connor as a boy, a couple months, they they say that specifically in the movie, he found this woman, uh, had a son and a father, and the father was beating the woman apparently. Right. So he says that he, like, rescued them. He doesn't really say what that means. He killed the guy, I guess. And then he started taking care of them.
3: <laughs> I mean... This makes total sense for a Terminator robot this is, to be dying.
2: It
0: doesn't feel
2: pity. This is a Terminator. <laughs> a remorse. <laughs> Not with orders to protect them. Or fear. Right. Like with John. Yeah, that machine had been reprogrammed. Right. Yeah. So Uh-oh. we're talking about the original... T-800, well, not the original, but the one from T-2, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, give us a little bit of backstory on that one, Steve. So,
3: the T-800 that we see in T-2 was sent back by John himself. He was a T-800 that the Resistance had captured and deactivated and then completely reprogrammed. So, when it went back into the past, it was operating in accordance with John's directives. And it was there to protect John and to protect Sarah. There's that moment in the film where... John realizes the machine has to do what he tells it to because it was programmed by him that he's, he literally sent this machine for himself. Um, but the T-800 in Dark Fate is just a T-800. In fact, this is the T-800 that killed John Connor. It wasn't programmed to protect anybody. It was programmed to find people and murder people. And its prime objective was John. In fact, I think one of the two of you, I think maybe Alan pointed out after the movie why did that machine even continue to exist once it had completed its mission it should have gone somewhere and blown it so I guess you can't self-terminate that's, but that's what the one thing but it's say. it's really weird that they didn't write a, a catch-all for that it's very strange to think that like cyberdyne would send these machines back in time and that once their mission is complete that they just wander around until they stop working like
1: that's what I'm saying it is stupid the family thing but I agree that's kind of the problem and like what would happen because the second one they just say they can't self-terminate and their power core lasts like
2: a hundred years yeah. or so yeah So what does
1: he do just wander around
2: i, I always assume they just like i mean not always but i kind of formulated in my mind that should have just like walked into the ocean and just like stood there yeah for 200
3: years until it was dead bury yourself do something fine you can't self-terminate but you can you be can programmed. Sit there yeah you can be programmed <laughs> to go find somewhere you won't be seen
1: or you could just start a family so,
2: that means it has to have like some kind of open-ended programming or specific programming that says, all right, yeah, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You got self-autonomy after you complete your mission. You're a clean slate. Right. Well, but then this opens up another question because there's
3: that deleted scene from 2 where John and Sarah go into its head and the whole purpose of doing so is to basically flip a switch that allows it to learn at full capacity and be more humanoid. But the implication is that switch is normally off because Skynet doesn't normally want it to be on. Right. Skynet normally wants those things to just go murder people. They only need to be as convincing as necessary to get close enough to kill them. And, like, so is the implication here supposed to be that that's not really the case, that maybe they're all, like, on all the time? Because I, I, how the fuck otherwise does it develop an emotional response?
1: Okay, I still think it's dumb, but from the second one, he explains he's a learning machine. Isn't it possible? I mean, he could learn.
3: That's kind of what I was addressing, though. Just now is like they—it's a deleted scene, but they do establish in a scene from T two that like that capacity is normally not operating at a hundred percent. Like John and Sarah had to physically open it up and do something in order. But to, it is there. It is there. So like, I, but and that's what I'm asking is like in this case, the switch was just on for some reason like yeah i
1: don't get that
2: okay Okay. (laughs) so we're going off the theatrical version i can i can let's
1: assume it is isn't it logical that he would start learning emotions or i don't
2: think so my he was programmed in t2 to protect john so he had some like reverse terminator program they're programmed to kill not to protect not to stop people from being killed that's a totally new thing for it yeah so the fact that it had that granted it some, I think, extra, like, affinity toward human interaction that it would never have had. So, okay, he's going to interact with this person he's protecting because he's going to be with this person. And then even in T2, like, there is a bond that grows, but it's this semi-distant... He maintains his, like, you know, unemotional state. He's not, like... He doesn't, like, love John, but at the same time, like, he's a father figure in John's eyes, but he's not really emotionally there for him, you know?
1: That was only a short period of time. In this one, he's had how long? 20 years or something? He
2: said he found them after a few months right. of killing John.
1: When, when and I stayed th-
3: with him. Right. I like that, what you're saying. I think you. I would agree with you, Corey. The, 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 like, the fact that that T2-T800 was programmed to protect, it gave it an additional ability to sort of empathize with human beings that these other ones probably wouldn't.
2: Plus, John was giving it orders all the time. Like, you should do this. You should act like this. You need to respond like this under certain situations to try to get it to be more human. And it was, I guess, in a sense, following orders from John to be more human. This one kind of just decided... To be Except human. there's
1: the wife. She'll do that. Right. <laughs>
3: right.
2: But it's
1: not programmed to follow orders from her. <laughs> that's, you know? the, well, that's
2: part that bothers
1: <laughs> me. Yes,
3: the, I think that's the part that bothers me the most is how does a computer programmed to kill then decide that it's not going to follow its prime directive? Computers can't decide things for themselves. They're limited to what they're well, programmed to choose. But isn't between. he allowed
1: to after he completes the mission? Because then it's just he well, did it. Is he? I don't know. Why would they be designed that way? Because so right. He did, he Why did would, the mission. That's it.
3: Yeah, but why would it be designed
2: to then go find a family?
3: Oh, that's weird. But- <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no way it would be. Let's, it would- let's
2: talk about the family. Alan, you were saying, if I remember correctly, uh, at our friend's wedding recently, you said he has a non consensual relationship with <laughs> yeah. this woman. This woman's just too scared to say no. <laughs> no, you must smoke. You mean non
1: physical, right? Yeah, or non sexual.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what is that about? I mean, you think they just like.
1: Cuddle. I, I well, they make one good corporate. He makes one good joke where he's he's explaining it. It's all dumb still, but he makes one line where he says, "Oh, I'm also a good listener." Because he's and I'm very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also. So I could see that. Like she just, he's a good listener.
3: I, I I'm gonna seem obsessive about this. Someone's gonna accuse me of being weird, but whatever. I, I made this point in two, and during the bar scene where he shows up naked, and asks for the clothes. Why the fuck would they have generals? They're not designed to be seen naked.
1: I don't know, but they got him, don't they? Right, apparently. He
2: just doesn't use it.
1: To be fair, though, no, they would because they're not designed to be seen naked, but what if that happens? They still have to be convincing. Like, if you see something under genders and you're like, you're not human.
3: I mean, I guess, but they, they're <laughs> like, dressed, at, normally in the future they'd be dressed at the plant which they're made, so like, under what circumstances is Skynet concerned, one of them will have to strip down. But if you're I fighting,
1: mean, you know, you lose your clothes, I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a big problem for soldiers in Afghanistan, is they come back to
1: the base completely naked. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, if you're getting shot and blown up... You might take you your won't. underwear off. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you know? getting hit by rockets and shit. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> okay.
2: So, let's harp on Carl a little bit more.
1: Uh. Oh, Sarah wants to kill him immediately. She which does. Was the right yeah. Reaction. He
2: even offers her a beer. Why is it drinking? <laughs> does it get drunk? It, there's no
3: way it could get drunk. Like you, you have to have a brain that can get al- soaked with ethanol in order for drunk to be possible. Where does the liquid like, go? Yeah, exactly. Where's the liquid? He doesn't have a stomach. It just like sits in his <laughs> It, Frame? Yeah, exactly. It's got <laughs> muscle and skin on the outside, but everything inside's robot. Like, where is it going? <laughs> here's the here's the
2: worst part about this. He has a dog. Oh my
3: yeah, oh, the, dog.
2: the dog. Why isn't the dog going apeshit? So I guess the idea is because they do understand the dog rule, because earlier in the movie a dog starts barking at the rev nine. Yeah. We know that. That's that. common. Dogs bark at Terminators. They, they do it in
3: every single movie. Yeah, they somehow they can just
2: tell. So I guess he's so human now that the dog can't tell. Is that the fucking implication? That is horrible if it horrible. is. <laughs> very either they fucked up or they did this on purpose. Either way it's fucked up, right? It is.
3: Yeah, you know, it's either a very bad decision or really stupid oversight.
2: The dog's not gonna fucking be like, okay, well he feels human enough. He's, yeah, this one
3: seems friendly.
1: Yeah, come on.
3: Right. My my dogs have consistently never been able to figure out that the vacuum cleaner is not there to hurt them. <laughs> so you know oh, and i've the, had smart dogs
1: the dog so, loves him dude you know the dog can bark all day and he wouldn't care cuz he's a machine right
3: <laughs> but he's like petting the dog and the dog I mean, cool. should hate him it shouldn't want to be near him like, yeah, i
1: man. i really hated here how he has the whole family this whole thing's going on and he basically just like sends them off and his his uh reasoning is oh i told them this day would come or something and he like he just sends off his family he's been living yeah, in. Yeah,
3: basically he told them he did something horrible in the past and that someday they might have to leave to avoid being killed as punishment for and what he did. He's he's
1: like, oh, okay. And and yet
3: this woman is hung around with you, this man who has non functional genitals, who <laughs> has no interest in sex.
2: <laughs> like
3: it's weird. And now that suddenly three that they women just are there
2: and he's he's gonna take
0: off. Right. <laughs>
2: No interest in sex, huh? (laughs) What's wrong with me? (laughs) He's like, these three chicks showed up, so... (laughs) So I gotta go. Yeah, you gotta get the fuck out
3: while I use the house for a while.
1: (laughs) And they do. They just, like, leave in the fucking station wagon or whatever.
2: Now, you guys ready for references? (laughs) Yes. Okay, he tells his family what? I don't remember. (laughs) He tells his family, I won't be back.
3: I Uh, won't be back. What an asshole.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ready for more references? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He takes him out to his tool shed where he has, like, a T2-style arsenal. Yeah, he, oh, and,
3: and they man. drag the panel over, I think.
2: Yeah, they just open the
3: shed. Yeah, wasn't there a weird scene where they made it look like that shot from T2? I don't know. Maybe I'm putting it in there and it wasn't no. there. Whatever.
2: <laughs> you wish. You're right. <laughs> but, yeah, there's another little reference there. Now, there's a thing that is said earlier that the reason Grace is protecting Danny is because she has to, like, save the future by protecting her – and Sarah jumps in and she's like, oh, she's going to have a son. That's going to be the leader of the human resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of like no response. And Grace just says like, shut up, Sarah, or something like that. Did you guys buy for a minute that that's the, what they were selling? Like, were you on board with the fact that it was her? It's her, right? I mean, you, right. know, it. you know it from-
1: we, we knew it, but I got where they were going. Like, we knew it, but they didn't.
2: I think it was supposed to be an, a reveal to the audience. And kind of like the last few movies- uh-huh. Where, but there wasn't it revealed
1: to no one.
3: I knew it right. Well, the way they did it was Well super, they show it later. Yeah. Right. Well when they do show it, it's super letdowny. They don't make her seem all that important at all. They really just make her seem like someone who sort of collects orphan kids.
2: Yeah. At, let's talk about that scene for a minute, because that's a flash forward scene. Yeah. It's after Judgment Day, and they do call it Judgment Day still.
3: Yeah, for some weird ass reason.
2: After Judgment Day, there's Terminators hunting all the remaining survivors, and Grace is a little girl. She's about to get killed by some scavengers, and then Danny shows up and says, "Like, nah, let's let's not kill each other. Let's let's fight the terminators instead." And right. that's the fucking spark of hope that humanity all rises up.
3: Yeah, somehow that makes her this super important person no, no, no. That, that the machines are sending <laughs> stuff back in time to kill. I, yeah, it's
2: like she so, taught them how to like. Be a community and how to be soldiers. Like, have, like she just, people? she just said, like stop fighting. Like <laughs> yeah, she seems rather inconsequential, really.
1: John in the first and the second one was like this big general, important yeah. person. He's like legit the leader.
3: John was like, this is the person who's going to guide what's yeah. left of humanity to a point where they're they can take the world and they back. Made it like seem like that, right?
2: And in Terminator two, they talk about how John. Had been being trained by Sarah and her miscellaneous boyfriends throughout his childhood on like, flying around in helicopters and learning how to blow shit up, as he puts it. Right. So like, they, he actually had some preparation for this. That's why he became the leader. He was he was preparing to become the leader. Right. As for Danny, just you know,
3: he's just in. like, oh, here's this chick that was already an adult when this happened. It was
1: very very weak. They didn't establish that character basically at all.
3: No. No, I mean, you get that glimpse of John, the the Michael Edwards John, at the beginning of two, and it's like, we've talked about that. You get, he's watching, well, yeah, he's walking down the tunnel, all the soldiers salute him, he's going out to the battlefield with the binoculars to survey what's happening. And, so, you know, this, this is a guy that's really leading an army. And, like, I, I'm, hopefully, no one will accuse me, but I'm perfectly happy for the equivalent to that character in this film to be a woman. It could have been the same character, just make her that, you know, or something. That has that level of importance. Because the way she got pitched in this one, it's like, I don't believe you really matter at all.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of the future war, it looks remarkably like Terminator Salvation, doesn't it? It does. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't
3: like it. (laughs) Maybe the Hidden McG secretly consultant. Oh, my God. Generic,
1: unimagined future. It's just the gray, dark background. All the buildings are destroyed. There's nothing special about it. The
3: future war stuff in the first two, the second one especially, man. Those those big scenes of the T eight hundreds and the planes and the tanks and the guys in the jeeps running from and the laser guns going off. Those fucking HKs, bro. HKs, right? That shit's it's so much more satisfying. The one, the war scenes in this one, are like I don't, I don't care that much.
2: Yeah, and the way the terrain looks is like vastly different in T two compared to this one. I mean, this one looks like salvation. It's like kind of like dilapidated gray buildings and stuff. That one it's like I got the idea that all the battlefields were just covered in bones and I I don't know. Yeah. It's just like a different look. There's they shot them all at night on right. Terminator 2 and Terminator 1 for the future stuff, which I think helps a lot. Yeah. The fact that it's just like, oh, the, the only thought you have of it is it being dark.
3: Right. Yeah, I mean, I could I I could deal with it being a kind of gray like crumbling post-war city landscape but yeah I agree the whole thing just didn't play
2: alright well let's talk about where this takes us next because our heroes now include Arnold Schwarzenegger as Carl the T-800 who killed John they say okay we need to kill the Rev-9 how are we gonna do it let's get our hands on an EMP
3: right we can make this as brief as it felt in the movie they (laughs) they say they're gonna get an EMP and they arrange to get an EMP and then about two scenes after they've gotten it it's broken and they can't use (laughs) it
1: hold on the most important question here, which I had a big problem with, is they have to get this EMP. Okay, generic-ass EMP. It's such lazy-ass writing. Where do they get it from? The weird command of the army that somehow Sarah knows that's willing to give it to them? Yeah.
2: That's their Air Force contact. His oh, name is like Dean. A, Dean, like
1: high-level general. Here's
2: What's a military-grade EMP. Later. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Okay, you're right. So case. this
2: character, out of nowhere, easy right. fix. Miles Dyson Jr. Make him Danny Dyson. Right. Miles Dyson's son from T Two. Easy fucking fix. He knows what Sarah is all about. He trusts Sarah probably. Actually right. maybe not because Miles Dyson. But let's let's assume that like he knew what Sarah and his and his dad did back in the day and he knows what she's fighting for is the right thing. This guy is just like, all right, Sarah, you can have an EMP. I owe you a favor, this I guess.
0: Even late. This is
2: zero effort. Maybe well, he's they, from the they, Sarah they, Connor Chronicles. I don't oh, know. God. The
1: zero. They didn't explain who he was, why he trusted Sarah, why he would put everything on the line for her, like where he got this from. It's like oh, Why he'd he literally
3: come. commit treason on her behalf. Like, you'd be know, put to death yeah. for doing that. He says, I, I
0: don't
2: just commit treason for anyone. Here you go.
3: Oh, good. When you get caught and killed, to, like, put to death for committing treason, I'm sure you'll be happy you did this. So fucking dumb.
2: So, this is the last action bit of the movie, which is actually broken into two bits. So, there's the first part when they get on the plane at the Air Force. So, right, the the Rev-9 is chasing them. They all get on this big jet. It takes off. I don't really like this part at all. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but the whole part in the jet where it's like they're just bouncing around and... I don't know. It it didn't really do it for me. It reminded me of kind of the mummy... (laughs) kind of like a mission impossible yeah yeah
1: this is another like i said it's just all hollywood it's the formula they need a big action scene oh we got this cool idea we're gonna flip down this plane Shit's exploding
2: kind of like fast and the furious 6 as well did this a little bit the runway you know oh yeah now after the plane incident what's his name the rev 9 falls out of the plane and he lands in someone's backyard you guys ready for a reference Yep You know what song they got going? Cue the music
4: It's a good
2: song right? It's a great song (laughs) The Dwight
3: Yoakam Guitars and Cadillacs (laughs) Best country song ever written
2: It's pretty good It is (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean we get a little bit more This is a reference that I am kind of pissed off about where grace tells uh, the rest of them that danny taught her there's no fate but what we make for ourselves
4: no fate but what we make my father told her this i mean i made him memorize
2: it up in the future as a message to her never mind now okay the whole thing goes the future's not set. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. Like, the exact line from Terminator and Terminator 2.
3: Yeah, like, why does that become her line? Like, Reese said that to Sarah. Right. Like, there's no evidence that Reese's existence got erased or that that didn't. Like, Reese still went back and told Sarah that and got her pregnant with John, so that shouldn't be anyone else's line.
2: Yeah, right. like, how would she say the exact same thing?
3: Right. Right. And in fact, Reese only said it to Sarah because John said it to him in the future before sending him back. Right. So (laughs) you can't have that one. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure whatever happens is they just watch the originals for like a month straight and then they start writing the new movie. Which parts can we copy?
2: I don't know where the fuck they came up with that guy, Major Dean or whatever, though. Like, That's got to be like... In the Sarah Connor Chronicles, right? I've never seen it, but like I can only... Or a video game. Maybe he's a guy in a video game?
3: I don't remember. Maybe. That was the problem with uh, the second Matrix. Is there's a bunch of stuff from a video game and from the Animatrix, they tied in it. You wouldn't know what you were
2: watching if you didn't anyway. Right. Yeah. It should have been Danny Dyson played by Terry Crews. Oh my god, I would have loved that. I mean it's
3: ridiculous, but it would have been really entertaining. You
2: know what? I had this idea in my head of like the only way I'd like this movie is if it's all references. And there's a lot, but they're all in the wrong place.
3: Dude, Donald Glover. Donald Glover as adult Danny Dyson would have been fantastic.
1: Right. And like and the obvious one. choice, gentlemen. Jaden Smith.
3: No, no, how dare you? How dare you follow up my suggestion of Donald Glover with Jaden Smith? Donald, if you ever hear an episode of this, I consider you a million times better than him, please.
2: And then uh, he's got like Will Smith as his dad, and he comes in with a shotgun shooting at the Terminator and he says, Don't hurt my daddy. Just like T2. Don't hurt
3: my daddy. That would be great, dude. He would do it. He would do it perfectly. I
2: still think there should have been a point, too, when Enrique jumped out of nowhere. Like when they're in Mexico, and he like, Chucks a grenade at the Terminator and he says, "A little jumpy, huh, Connor?
0: <laughs> like that
2: would have been." Your Uncle Bob's <laughs> gotten weird. Yeah, Uncle Bob. He like tips his hat.
1: <laughs> I hope there's like notes and drawings locked in a safe somewhere where like they actually thought about this. <laughs> they like didn't put in the movie.
2: Oh my god! All right, so this is the last action scene. So the plane is it the last action hero? <laughs> it, it is. It's this now the movie Last Action Hero, <laughs> where Sylvester back. Stallone is the Terminator. <laughs> So they kind of crashed their plane into a big dam, right? Is this uh, is this is this the Hoover Dam? I don't know. It's just a dam. Is it supposed to be the Hoover Dam? I I wasn't paying that much attention. I have no idea.
3: (laughs) It looks more (laughs) or less like the Hoover Dam. I mean, look, this is basically here's your your next reference. It's basically a knock on them crashing into the 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 forge yeah and
1: the steel forge in the second one yeah same shit they get to their final battle place this epic setting
2: right i mean there's a little bit that goes on outside of the dam where they're like in the water and they're trying to escape it but you're right i mean it's it we get to the final showdown inside all the workers clear out because there's all kinds of gunfire and crazy shit going on we got carl the t800 we got grace the augmented human sarah connor with a And then, at this point, Dani has decided that she wants to fight too, I guess, in some capacity. Which mostly involves her just like reloading the guns John Connor style, right? (laughs) (laughs) But they face off against the Rev-9 in a more or less like hand-to-hand kind of way inside the factory. Do you guys have any thoughts about this final action bit? It should have killed them
1: all right there. You think
2: think it was was played, you think it would have just killed them? They played it down like as if they had a chance?
1: It should have just killed them all. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't
3: really, I really have anything else to say. I one thing I was I was reading about the movie. I made a little note for myself. I forgot about it. I was reading up about the movie after we watched it, just to see if there's anything interesting to learn. And I had not noticed it during the movie, but the uh, the phone number on Carl's store van that he's got at his house is five one two one nine eight four, which is a reference to May twelfth, nineteen eighty four. The date that the T-800 arrived in the first film. Right. So there's an additional reference.
2: <laughs> references coming out the wazoo. Right. How about this reference to Terminator 3? This fucking reference that I goddamn hate. Oh, God. I hate it. So the augmented Terminator says, okay, we don't have the EMP, but we got one last weapon. Mm-hmm. My power core. Oh.
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which, I like, They, uh, you guys have always argued I shouldn't consider that to be part of canon because it was a three thing, but
2: then, I don't know.
1: That's stupid
2: shit. The fucking, my power core is a bomb Yeah, why shit. wouldn't
1: you have just blown yourself up every just time? Just fucking... Again. Just hug it and then blow yourself up. Right, exactly.
3: <laughs> All he needed to do was get within two miles of John and just blow himself up.
2: Like, what the hell? Why doesn't it come... <laughs> why doesn't it just make itself a bomb and come and get me? Right. It doesn't work that way. You can't form complex machines. Guns and explosives have chemicals, moving parts. It doesn't work that way.
3: Except you are literally a bomb.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we have this like, generic. I don't even know what happens. They just start firing at it, it's trying to kill them. Well, there's Everyone's like struggling. a. She's like
2: swinging around a chain. There's a lot of slow-mo to speed up. It's fine. I'd say this is the best shot action scene of the whole movie. But it, it's not super compelling because what surrounds it isn't super compelling.
1: Yeah, I feel like nothing's at stake here.
2: I mean, I know the fate of humanity, but, you know, fuck that. I not really it for it. like,
1: okay, are like I feel like I'm just sitting through it, you know? Like, oh, okay, but you we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's and not engaging. Grace obviously
2: has to die if they're going to take the power core out. So Danny cuts her open, takes the power core out, sticks it in the Rev-9's head, and then Carl, you know, the T-800, like, tackles him into this pit. And that's where you have, like, Sarah Connor and Danny at the top of the pit, kind of looking down at them as they both die together.
1: Another T2 and they're kind of looking down. It's like the same shot, yeah. Yeah, but the music, it's the same thing. The the angled child looking down and they play that slow.
2: And instead of giving the thumbs up, the T-800 has his final words. For John.
1: (sighs) Because he learned and he felt bad. Because
2: he felt bad. Because he can feel bad for killing people now. At least
3: they didn't have him give a thumbs up while he was
2: doing it. I can't. honestly, I (laughs) really thought they
1: were going to do that. I was was 100% sure they were going to do that when I was watching
2: it. I cannot believe this. So he got his own Uh, adoptive son, and then he tells Sarah earlier in the movie, like, I came to understand what I took from you.
0: It doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear.
2: Like, a Terminator does not come to understand yeah. that it killed someone and it was wrong. Right? Exactly. That's exactly it. Like, it, that
3: kind of emotional evolution is not going to happen in that machine. In no fucking way. I don't know you guys
2: that's stupid. Right? right? <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's almost the end. It pretty much wraps up where like, Sarah and Danny, they go see Grace as a small kid in her school or whatever.
3: Don't they get into an old Jeep like Sarah's old yeah. Jeep? Yeah.
2: And then they... Kind of take off and Sarah says, you better be ready. And they like write off into the credits. They're going to try to make another one. Here's they are not going to be successful. No. Why did they
1: go see Grace when Danny's the one that needs to be protected? I thought she told them, you can't put your life on the line. Like, why do they care about Grace? I don't know. She's just a soldier. Danny's the important one. I don't know. Just to go say like, What up? What up? <laughs> hey,
2: what, up? <laughs> what up? What up? <laughs>
1: Fucking. <laughs> it ends and
0: it's
2: dumb. The whole thing. Wow. Uh Yeah. Yeah. We're all very happy about this movie. I can right. tell.
3: <laughs> Dude, why? No, I'll make that comment. We're talking about the reviews.
2: Okay, you mean ratings? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of ratings, we're not going to do that right now. So, guys, who is the Jesus character of Terminator Dark Fate? What do you think? Who's it going to be? Pretty obvious, but what do you think?
1: It's obviously Sarah Connor, because she came back from the dead. She was revived.
2: Okay. I see where you're going with that. Steve?
3: It was Arnold. It was the T-800. Carl. Carl. Because he, he was reborn. Cargo Shorts Carl.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, actually, it was John Connor. John Connor is the fucking Jesus character of Terminator. Always has been. His initials are JC. It's true. He's the savior of humanity. It's John Connor, goddammit. <laughs> It yeah. fucking killed him.
3: Those pieces of shit. He baptizes terminators in molten steel pits.
2: Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> oh my god! I ripped my fucking heart out like that.
3: I, I cannot know. believe
2: they completely undermined Terminator Two in that way. Right. I
3: just by the at the end of that scene, there was a moment there where I was like, "It, that's almost enough to make me just not want to watch the rest of the movie." <laughs> Seriously. Like.
1: How would you guys have wanted that to be done then?
3: I would have rather John they just found a way for John not to need to be a part of this story. Like he didn't even need to be there at all rather than like having him killed like that, or I heard rumors when they were still writing a script. I don't know if this is really true, but that the story was going to revolve around Sarah with another woman's help trying to get to Mexico City to
1: meet up with John. Um so you're cool with them not having him in it? You just didn't want him to die.
3: Yeah, having them kill childhood John like that at the beginning really bothered me. Yeah,
2: I don't know, man. It's really, really hard to please me at this point in the franchise. They've kind of, yeah, they've done too much. Yeah. I don't know that I would have been satisfied. I'm gonna flatter
3: three again unnecessarily. Still a bad movie, but at least they tried to do something interesting with John. Like he's an adult now. What's he up to? It's like but, that Simpson
1: scene where the kid's crying. And he's like, he's already dead. Right. Stop, he's already dead.
2: <laughs> Alan, on any rating scale you want, what's your rating of Terminator uh... Dark Fate?
1: I'm going to give this two rev nines out of nine for some weird fraction that I can't make. <laughs> it wasn't the worst move ever made. I thought the slow-mo effects in the action scenes were kind of cool. If you're a fan of Terminator and we're super into it, but even if you've just seen some of them, it's just not a good movie. It it doesn't fall out of the rules, they killed John right in the beginning, the whole thing where Carl is stupid and how he can learn, apparently. Danny is not important, they say she is, but they show her leading like six people. It doesn't make her feel important, everything is just a throwback to T2 or T1, and they're just copying it. And the entire movie in general just feels like a major studio production. It doesn't feel like a true successor, it's like the studio just made another movie and they put the terminator name on it so it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen but it didn't do any service to the series it just made it worse
2: damn yeah well i'm gonna go next i'm gonna go the spoiler system rating style and i'm gonna give it a no it is not something i can recommend but i can see the appeal in maybe the casual terminator fan or the casual movie fan it's just like your run-of-the-mill like bullshit action sci-fi movie, which I don't really like. To me, it has to like go a little bit deeper than that. And being a Terminator fan, there's too many like rules they break and things they undermine and things that don't make sense to me based on my love for Terminator and Terminator 2. So I don't really like it very much, and you know, we kind of give a lot of reasons why throughout. What about you, Steve? I am going to
3: give this film 4 out of 10 Eddie Furlongs. Uh, I'm gonna do an honorary Eddie Furlong rating system. You know, on its own, it's not substantially worse than a lot of other mediocre mainstream action films, but uh, there's nothing at all special about it. It doesn't break any new grounds story-wise. There's no character development to to speak of. In fact, you don't even get enough background or humanity out of the characters that are there to really care about them at all, in my opinion. There's a lot that goes left unexplained the, the woman they're supposed to be saving does not feel like she gets established as really being all that important um, the, the augmented human character didn't feel like much to me Sarah was not the version of Sarah I think she would have been or that I wanted to see it, as a Terminator film it's another total letdown so yeah I mean 4 out of 10 at best
2: all right. Yeah. I figured that's around what you would give it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to think on this for me. I don't oh. know if I like this one better than the other sequels. It's hard for me to...
3: That so On that point, quickly, I forgot to bring it up, but I said at the beginning I wanted to touch on this again. You were saying that it's it could have been worse. And I agree with you about that. It could have been worse. We were walking out of the theater and then on the ride home and stuff, and I was thinking to myself, the most positive thing I could say about this film is that it could have been worse. And I think that if the nicest thing you can think of, right, to say about a movie is that it could have been even stupider than it was, that's not a very good reveal.
2: That's a very good
0: point.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, I'll give you some credit in a weird way because they could have fucked it up more. (laughs) They at least didn't make it totally awful fucking
2: well we're not doing a hat because next time for sure next time we're gonna do 2016 Ghostbusters which I'm very excited about I'm just excited to see Steve's reactions to all the jokes that take place in that Fuck. movie what is it actually called you say Ghostbusters it's, it's just called Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is that what the first
3: one's called yes so yeah. you distinguish the year you call this one <laughs> the, you could just say the bad one <laughs> yeah it's true
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like oh okay oh, yeah. Now, real quick,
2: uh, we got a comment on our YouTube channel, which I thought was pretty interesting, and I want to read off on the air. I told you guys about Space Jam, how it seems to be kind of divisive. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to hearing whatever this is. So, someone commented on YouTube. I cannot, for the life of me, understand what this name is supposed to be. It's the person's YouTube handle is Min I have no idea. Maybe, Something
3: Minecraft.
2: It's like supposed to be. Maybe Minecraft in a weird way. The E is capital, so I thought it was like Min. Maybe, yeah. Some weird Minecraft name. All right. Yeah.
3: Says a lot about the person we're dealing with. We need about eight.
2: They just said, fuck you.
3: (laughs) Yep, he's about eight. Thank you very much, sir, ma'am. On Monday, when you go back to school, tell your teacher what you've been up to. If
1: you're going to leave us comments like that, just tell us why. (laughs) Just give us something more to go on. Which one of us... All of us. Do you hate all of us? Come on. Yeah, probably.
3: <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? This is a Lola Bunny fan. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, he's, either, he's either an elementary school kid or a furry. No. Could you chime in and tell us which, sir? <laughs> We're man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't feel bad. He just told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> this is awful. The conversation
2: started with him saying fuck you to me, so I'm not feeling bad about any of this. <laughs> Well, thank you guys very much for listening to this, I know, very long episode on Terminator. Uh, hopefully we can do some more Terminator soon, uh, films next year. Maybe 2020's our year, we can do another one.
3: Oh boy, I'd rather not. No? Well, unless it's the first one, but that one's not done.
2: Oh, come on. Salvation, yeah. bro. McG. Genesis. Um, Genesis! No, please. Can we do three? Genesis does what Nintendon't. I, I have some of
3: those ads <laughs> as part of the screensaver <laughs> on my computer.
2: But Yeah. <laughs> alright guys thank you very much for listening if you want to write in bigdumbmovie at gmail.com find us on Instagram it Big could Dumb be Movie something
3: Podcast. other than fuck you
2: <laughs> yeah and yeah leave us a doesn't have to be that leave, leave us a nice comment that'd be cool alright thank you all see you guys Good take night. it away spoiler man Girl, you